to another episode of ST Talks. I'm Laura Demmer, your host, and today I'm here with Casey Anderson, ST Genetics Beef Add-on Director. And today he is here to tell us about ST Genetics' latest genetic advancement, which is the industry's only data-proven beef on dairy genetics. But first, before we dive in, thank you for being with us today, Casey. Hey, thanks, Laura. To start, can you tell us about the beef supply chain industry and the trend that this industry has seen in the past five years? You bet. One kind of the, the fascinating parts that we we really, really want to take a step back and look here is uh, in, in the dairy industry, we already contribute 22% to the overall beef supply chain. So for perspective, there's roughly $27 billion pounds that go into that supply chain from various sorts of, of, of line. Wow. Um, at the end of the day, the dairy industry with the 22% is in that five and a half to six billion pounds. Um, what we tend to forget here is we've been a part of that supply chain from the very start the last five years or so with the, the kind of evolution and revolution, so to speak, of, of the use of beef semen and dairy cattle, um, we've just simply changed the product that we're putting out there, making it a little bit more advantageous in the feed yards, maybe a little bit com- more comparable to the native beef population. But as, that, as it stands, the dairy industry is extremely responsible for helping out um, drive a lot of protein uh, here in the U.S. and the world for, the, for that matter. So can you, you just started to touch on it, but can you explain to us the impact of beef on dairy on this industry? I think one key factor that happened long ago, a couple of the large um, supply chains into retailers found out that what we weren't doing, what we were doing wasn't going to get us where we need to go, specifically picking on kind of the Holstein steer in its case. We were finding out that they weren't enough uh, feed efficient to matter. They were not getting the desirable red uh, meat yield into there, and they were just overall getting too big and not as profit driven as some would like. What's happened here in recent times with the use of beef semen is we were able to compact that animal down, make it more competitive all the way through, and then really ultimately positively affect a consumer um, driven marketplace in that regard. So you had just said that there's about 22% coming from the dairy industry, but how many, what does this um, mean? Like how many crossbred animals are put through the supply chain each year? Like, do we have a number on this? We have good guesstimates is how we'd like to say, um, you know, we're, we're probably in the multi-millions of numbers. Uh, 2021 probably finished out in that 1.7 to 2.1 million head count coming specifically as fed cattle through the beef dairy um, industry. Uh, next year, 2022 into 2023, we're looking at roughly 3 million to 3.2 million head that will come through there, um, just as a kind of a positive reflection on, on what could be possible if we had every available animal uh, in, that is a milking sort of denominated uh, portion in there. If we had all of those bred to beef semen, we, we'd end up with a market cap of about five to five and a half, maybe pushing six million beef dairy crosses, which is unlikely to happen, mm-hmm. but just one of those cases that there is a cap for us in this industry so we're not working on total overall volume we're we're really fascinated with the the next um evolution of quality here right so what does this impact mean for the supply chain in your opinion 
when we're looking at what we've done within within ST and what we see the industry doing, what what it's helping to do is is make everything more efficient. Um, we hear a lot of trigger words and a lot of buzzwords out there. Sustainability is huge. Minimize greenhouse gases. What we've done is taken a slightly inefficient animal and made it more efficient and more relevant to the marketplace. So what that does is all the way through is, is once again, we can just produce more with less overall. Yeah. So as I uh, stated before, ST Genetics just released the only data proven beef on dairy genetics available to the industry. Can you explain the new progeny proven data and tell us what this truly means to the industry? Absolutely. This is kind of an exciting time here at ST. This has been years upon years and, and heavy investment. Again, kind of following our core at, at ST being the, the real, real technology driver. Um, we once, once again did that. Um, where we differ a little bit in the industry is with, with all the respect given to mass amounts of data, we've taken this a step back and really honed in our really intensive, making sure we got all the fine details right. The program overview is we make certain that we have the right parentage, it's genomically verified. We find out what DNA was inherited by the animals, what percent of beef, what percent of dairies into there. Um, we're able to extrapolate and future plan on our genomic testing platform. So within our progeny proven database, uh, it's a very extensive set of research that has went into this. So how long has this index been in you know, research and development phase? We're working on, I would say, five plus years of the whole development and three and a half to four years of real world testing. And when I say real world testing, the, the process starts with the dairy. We, we plan out with our partners matings that go accordingly. We're looking at at least 40 head of progeny per sire, at least that many to get into the system. We acquire those calves back at roughly 400 pounds. We download all of the data records um, from the calf ranch and the growth phase. So we have health, average daily gain, making sure that we keep track of all of that, learning what we can. We bring those animals at, in at a feed testing uh, facility that utilize uh, daily intakes, which we have over a half million data points on just simply daily intakes within this research. Um, we feed them for a length of 100 days. They are weighed throughout the trials. Everything is assigned a feed efficiency score. Uh, then we send them off to a commercial feed yard to process these. And the big thing that we really, really take a lot of pride in is that working with third parties, um, universities, packing plants into there, we're able to ensure that we're getting the correct carcass lined up with that correct EID button so that we get all that data back and put this all into a mix. And that is the starting point of our progeny proven portion. Um, the big, big difference once again is that we are making sure it's very intensive. All the details are crossed. The second that you have a misidentified any part of any animal into there, um, it really uh, inhibits the data you get back. Definitely, that's extremely impressive. So you just started to touch on this, but how is this different from other profit indexes? You bet. So we're. We're at the point that we we had, we'll say a soft launch of something we're very confident in leading to the, the, the very big kind of end of the result goal. But right now we have progeny profit expectations is the way that, that we're describing this. This is just a simple 
um, portion that shows the amount of dollar variation within each sire. So it's broke down in a numerical value. Uh, it does follow certain industry indexes that are already used. The difference is, is that we've taken all of the the, the, the traits that aren't as heritable are not as important. And we've drilled it down to the three or four main factors driving profitability into there. And what we're seeing is, is just because a bull ranks in the top at an index that's used broadly doesn't mean that it's net profit driven. Uh, our index is solely thinking about what can really, really drive profits and what makes an overall better product. So what does this, this information and this, you know, index number. What does this mean for the dairy farmer? The dairyman is in a, in a unique spot. I think as we look at the, the past here, the last five years, we, we've had an influx of how the dairy was perceived. When we really first started to need these beef calves, um, the dairy was put on a very, very big pedestal. We, we probably overpaid as an industry, which, which we just had to evolve now looking at it, the dairy becomes part of that supply chain. Uh, and, and the most uh, common way we've seen this is that a, a dairy almost needs to get, get kind of on board or lined up with certain market access. If they do not do that, they're going to be um, stuck in, in a world of, of deducts are going to happen. Before, we used to view it as premiums, and that has subsided. Now it's if we don't follow a program like this or align with some, some bigger picture goals, uh, those calves are not going to be as perceived as, as being as valuable anymore. Right. And along those same lines, what about for the feeder? What does it mean for them? The feeder probably stands to gain the most if we're willing to partner and use the technology. What we'd be able to do, for example, our, our big picture goals, and we're doing numerous studies onto this, is, is we're breaking these animals into third. We have we have the top third that really we're making more strategic plans to get those animals in and out of the feed yard faster. They're the animals that that really simply can't be messed up. They're just so good that that only extreme environment would happen. Then we have the average animals. Those are the an animals that you would come in, they're just not quite in the top tier. We're just gonna do what we usually do. Then the fascinating part is, is the bottom here. Let's say the least feed efficient, or they take more feed to gain less weight. What do we do with them? Do we market those off to the side? Um, do we create a strategic plan into there? Uh, what, what this does for the feed yards, it gives you options. And the one thing I, I guess in the travels we've had here over the years with feed lots is they just wanna know what to do and they want consistency. When they make a projection, they want that lot of animals to hit that projection. With this data, with this progeny proven set of uh, sires we have, that is the step closer to what they want. Everybody in the chain gets what they want out of it and the profit is shared by all. Definitely, and just being able to categorize the animals you have is such a benefit as well. Very big benefit, Laura, very big benefit. So in your opinion, I guess, why should dairy producers be paying attention to this and you know, being, why should they be concerned with the sire they are using? Uh, at the end of the day, you know, fertility reigns supreme here. Um, these sires check all those boxes as well with being progeny proven. Obviously, they, they, they won't make it through our, our program because it's a very long tail to have an animal be born, go through the beef supply chains. In most cases, we're over two years by time we know um, some of this data as a, as a whole coming back. Uh, why the dairyman should be kind of really, really excited to use this is, is as we look in the future, just look at how fast things move. 
if we don't do it today, there's no better time than today. If you're not starting with one of these programs and you start nine months from now, that's that's the leg up that somebody has on you that you won't be able to catch up. It is avoidance of risk is, is how we do this. By using something that we know is not going to fail, we know has already hit the mark. Um, that is a huge thing in a dairyman. And then again, just the simple checking the fertility box is already taken care of. Definitely. So through this, through proper selection and using these type of sires, do you see a profit benefit for the dairy producer? Absolutely. Again, I think I would, I would probably call it an aversion to risk is, is there. Mm -hmm. If we use the very, very top and, and we align with the right market access, the right calf buyer, or you're raising these animals to four to 600 pounds, or you're taking them all the way through the, the supply chain them, themselves, uh, we wanna minimize every part that can take money away from us. Uh, another way to look at that is, is creating more steers versus heifers. We can avoid the potential of market risk there by, by producing a product that we know just sells. Using these top end sires takes all of that guesswork out of play uh, and, and a consistency just follows itself all the way down the supply chain. Definitely. So I guess going a little bit uh, bigger picture here, how is ST Genetics and this index positioning itself to be different than the rest of the industry? At the end, end of the day here, what we're looking at is we're, we're looking at creating a product that fits, I don't want to say all market, but it fits all of the key markets that we're after. Those beef crosses have been known to be extremely, extremely high quality. We're simply just giving the heads up um, of what to be done with it, how to maximize their profits while um, kind of spreading that back down. If the feed yard partners with a very established calf program, uh, we want that to kind of take stock in everybody benefits into that by using these these top insiders, the progeny proven using our profit um, expectation. Uh, and then when we really dive into releasing a lot of this data and watching out for some of the pitfalls, at the end of the day, we're going to have a product that we want to be just known. I would say branded beef is one of the goals here, um, just to make it align with the, the right packers and the right markets would be a very, very advantageous goal. And uh, that is clear sights of, of ST's big picture portion of things. Definitely. And that also just uh, puts the consumer to the forefront of this as well, which this industry really needs to do too. Absolutely. So where do you see the growth of this index and this program going within the industry? The, the number one spot that we're already having great success with it and why we chose to launch it is, is those, those dairies and or those groups that are already retaining ownership to certain points. The most successful has been the groups that are aligning with the custom feed yards that have the headspace that get directly into the, into the plants on a consistent basis. So that's an easy number one, people retaining ownership. The number two portion is, is the groups that are choosing and electing to raise their calves into those mid-weight feeder calf range, meaning four to, four to 800 pounds. We've also seen huge growth there in the sexed male beef product. Combining this progeny proven and sexed male beef into there could be extremely, extremely advantageous all around. Then we get down into those, those calf buying markets. As we've seen, there's been a lot of very successful um, companies out there that have done a good job of saying, here's why we do what we do and why people believe in us. Here at ST, we're, we're back to the, we believe in technology at our core. 
this progeny proven portion um, kind of aligning with what we're doing next is going to be the same exact facet. Stick to our core beliefs and, and deliver products that, that it's a necessity to have in the industry. Yes, I thank you for summarizing that up. That was a very great explanation. Um, and I just want to thank you, Casey, for joining us today. That is all I have for you. Thank you for giving us the insight into this phenomenal beef on dairy opportunity for our beef add-on customers. Hey, thanks again, Laura. This was another episode of ST Talks. If you like what you heard, you can find more episodes on your favorite podcast platform by searching ST Talks or ST Genetics. And if you want to learn more about ST Genetics, visit our website at stgen.com or find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter.